This is Laree Daniel Favors, and welcome to The Hub. care a lot about what's happening with our children because our children are subjected to so much exposure of harmful messaging, uh, difficult situations, having to navigate realities that frankly no human should have to navigate, certainly no child should have to navigate. And when we're trying to, as parents or as elders in the community or, or just big sisters, big brothers, aunties, uncles, just people who love black children, when we are trying to have conversations with them about what it means to be a black child in this country, it can be extraordinarily difficult, extraordinarily difficult, particularly because as adults, many of us, let's be honest, we don't know a lot of the history. Not everyone got to major in Africana studies. I think it's one of the most pivotal decisions I ever made, and it has paid dividends for decades, but not all of us have that. And I shouldn't have had to go to college to get an Africana studies degree. Let's also put that out there. But we don't all have that. We don't all have the information. We don't all have the words. A lot of us are still trying to navigate what it is to be black and grown in this world. And that has not necessarily given us the insight to have the language, the words, the concepts in a way that we can explain it to children that is empowering and not something that's going to just cover them with a cloud of heaviness, a cloud of the weight. And so when I see efforts by authors, educators, people who love our community to create tools to provide information that we can all use that help make that conversation just a little bit better. I am always thrilled uh, to see it. Uh, joining us today uh, are two folks who have done the work, uh, who are part of a team doing the work of really trying to make sure that our ability to have conversations about one particular very challenging incident with our children is empowered, uh, informed, and most appropriately age appropriate. A Walk to the Store is a children's book uh, by Shaletta Brundage uh, and Darcy Bell Myers and Jadea Reynolds. And, you know, the as you read about this book, we are reminded that our children see so many negative things happening on TV and online and in real life. And uh, this story follows one child to the store as uh, that child happened to walk upon uh, George Floyd as he was in the last moments of his life. So welcome to the Laree Daniel Favor Show, Shaletta Brundage and Darcy Bell Myers. It's a real pleasure to have you here. It is such an honor to be here, Queen. Um, I am so grateful. I have had at least five or six people from my church, uh, you know, say, I, you, I heard she was just talking about you on the show, so believe you me, <laughs> folks are tuned in, and they love you just as much as I do. Oh, that love is mutual, because we are all in this together, and I am in love with this project. This is something that, I mean... I think we all need to be one. We need to all have this this book in our libraries. But the the path that you took for this, I'm very interested in because we need more of it. We need more people walking this path. So, tell me. We'll start first with you, Shaletta, and then we'll turn to you, Darcy. What was the impetus for not just understanding what happened to George Floyd, but taking the, the approach of putting this down in a children's book? Well, I'm a children's book author. Um, mm -hmm. I have. Uh, four children, three of them have autism. 
And um, I wrote books about my children's journey to give black children hope and black parents hope who have special needs kids um, because our stories are not being told. And so I remember going to the library fussing because they didn't have any books about black kids with autism. And the librarian told me, if you want a book about a black kid with autism, then you need to write one because there, there aren't any. And I took that to heart. And I I got in the car and went from the library to the publisher's office. And Darcy and I worked on my daughter's book. That's the first book that we worked on together, Cameron Goes to School, um, about my little nonverbal child heading off to kindergarten for the first time, unable to talk. Um, And uh, Darcy is just amazing. She was able to illustrate and capture the essence of our family in these images and pictures. And um, I give away more books than I sell uh, Mm -hmm. because I just want to make sure that there is diversity in classrooms and libraries throughout the country um, that show little black children, not in historical characters, but just living their everyday life. And so one of the places that um, I gave books to was called Urban Venture here in Minneapolis, where we're from Mm. and where we're based. And um, they got a copy of that book to little Judea Reynolds. She was in one of their after-school programs. And who is Judea Reynolds for those who Judea Reynolds is the cousin of Darnella Frazier. Darnella Frazier is the young teenage girl who stood there bravely and captured the video of George Floyd being murdered Mm. on the streets of our fair city in broad daylight by a police officer while three other officers stood by and watched. Mm. Um, And Judea Reynolds was only going to the Cup Foods because little Darnella Frazier, her first cousin, their mothers or sisters, had $3 and wanted to buy some candy. And she worried the heck out of her cousin. We all got them cousins. You know, take me to the store, take me to the store, take me to the store. Well, we didn't know that destiny was waiting for both of these young women at that store. Because when they came out, all hell was breaking loose. George Floyd was laying on the ground, and that police officer, I'm not going to say his name, his knee was on his neck, and he was in the middle of killing him. And Darnella Frazier had the presence of mind to pull out her camera phone and take pictures, and then bravely posted it on social media so that the world would see what she was looking at, what Mm. she was watching. And so now, mind you, we're grown adult women. We see it on TV, and we were shocked, and we were changed, and we were hurt. Well, guess what? Little little Judea Reynolds was nine years old. She saw it in real life. She smelled it. She heard the cries. She watched this man take his last breath, and she was devastated. And she cried for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then she got my daughter's book, Cameron Goes to School. She read it. And she went to her mother and said, I want to tell my story just like Cameron. Can you find Miss Shaletta? Because I want her help to write a book. And that is how we began the journey of a walk to the store. 
Oh, you are taking me back uh, to that emotional space, and it's a heavy space to be in. And Darcy, when when you heard about this desire of Judea that that she wanted to be able to tell her story, what did that do for you? Knowing that once she had to experience all of that, and I, I actually just thinking about that, I have that 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 pit in my stomach, my my the hair on mm. my arms has stood up. I, I feel even the tension of the conversation in my non nine year old body. What did it mean for you Darcy when you were told that this little girl not only does she is she possessing her voice but she wanted to share her message in the same way how did that hit you I just thought I'm on board sign me up you know I I will do this book for free I'll do it on my evenings and weekends Mm. I want to help I want to I want to help this girl get her story out there and that was my first thought, you know, and then after I met Judea, I met Judea before we even had the text of the story down, before we even knew how we could possibly write a children's book about mm-hmm. such a horrible subject. And I met her and I heard her tell her story and it just, it just broke me into pieces hearing her say that she had nightmares and she couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but the only thing that would make her feel better was her mom giving her a hug in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. I just thought... In my mind, in my mind's eye, I had that picture of this little girl in her bed and the dark shadows around her and her mom giving her a hug and that helping her be strong. I knew from talking to Judea that the only way that she could get through this trauma was to take charge of her story, tell it in her way. And uh, there's lessons for all of us in it. Mm. One of the main things she said that she got from this uh, experience was to be brave. And that she, even though she's a kid, that she can, she can do things to change the world, to make it a better place. Mm. She marched in uh, one of the, the marches uh, with a sign that she wrote. It said, it can be better. And that's what we have on the last page. I have a picture of her marching with that sign. And I think that's really the heart. That's the heart of the book. Yeah. It can be better, but we all have to work together to make it better in our own way. How do you even, when I, what is the process? Talk us through the process of, of when you find someone that you want to write about. I'm imagining their interviews. You, you want to have in, you know, in your mind their words. How do you even broach a subject like this with someone who you know has gone through the trauma firsthand? I mean, there are some of us as parents who haven't even talked with our children about, mm-hmm. about it yet. And, and it's yeah. been several years later. How do you even begin to have that conversation in a way that is sensitive to the psychological needs of the child while wanting to be honest and, and clear about what it is that they were navigating and empower them at the same time. We're always concerned about burdening our children with the horrors of, you know, slavery and then, you know, the rape and then the killing and then the I mean, there's so many negative things. How did you even begin the process of having this conversation with Judea such that you could take her story and translate it to the written page? With love. I think mm. you yeah. lead with love. Most of that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Yeah, we lead with love. Darcy and I love each other. We have a relationship in business, but we love each other. Um, She has a special needs child. I have three special needs children. We have spent time together, so we love each other. And we brought that love to Judea, and she felt that. Her parents felt that, and they were able to open up. Like Darcy said, we have not gotten a dime. We wrote this book, we illustrated this book, 
we published this book with love in our hearts because we wanted to empower this little girl. We wanted her to tell her story. And and we didn't do this without some help. Um, On the last page of the book, Anissa Keast, um, who owns Aruba Emotional Health here in Minneapolis, is an African-American female therapist. Mm -hmm. And so she has tips for parents and kids in the back about how to deal and cope with emotional trauma. Um, And so, but but we lead with love, right, Darcy? That's right. Um, And we listen. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, that's what we had to do with Judea was not tell her what the story was going to be or, you know, what she experienced. We just, we listened. We tried to ask questions. And the more questions we asked, the more we knew this has this story has to be out there. People have to hear this. Mm-hmm. And we, we also realized that, I don't, I'm sure you felt this too, Shaletta. I mean, you've taken Judea under your wing. You've, you've helped her so much in many ways. But I just felt like if I can do anything to help this little girl heal from this trauma, um, not that she'll ever be totally healed, but, but recover and find her strength, find her power, and I want to do it. You know, yeah. I think actually a lot of people felt that way who, who saw what happened to George Floyd, just felt helpless. Yeah. And those police officers, the other police officers, they didn't just stand back. They actively kept people from helping. Mm-hmm. And talk about feeling powerless. Mm. Judea, in that instance, felt really powerless. I'm sure she felt terrified. I know she felt afraid, but but powerless to make a change. And it's time for that to stop. I think we all have to, in our own way, with our own gifts. My gift is, if I can, I don't even want to call it that, but I like to draw. I like to make pictures. And so I thought this is something I can do. It's in my own small little way, but I want to help. Oh no, it's not a small little way. Let me just say, tell you. Uh, I'm seeing yeah, some girl, of these let pictures. Me just Hold on, Darcy Bell Meyer. Um, Darcy <laughs> Bell Meyer is one of our premier award-winning illustrators in Minnesota, mm. and the pictures that she put together and yes. the story that she tells through her artwork, it looks exactly like Judea. And Darcy was very careful mm. not to re-traumatize Judea with this book and not to traumatize children. So mm. you don't see the death of George Floyd. You don't see um, him taking his last breath. And then we also don't give a lot of credence to the police officer who's been convicted of his murder. Mm -hmm. But we tell Judea's story. And listen, it's called uh, a walk to the store. It's not called I was at the store or I went to the store because this book is in motion. This book is movement. She was at home. She walked to the store. She saw this. She walked past this. She walked into grief and then she is walking into recovery. You know, we like to say here in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul that George Floyd's death uh, was a moment, but there was a movement after that. And so we wanted this book to constantly stay in movement. Wow. And I got, I got to so be much, honest, I, mean, I, I, uh, I have a little eye water right now. And, and that is because I'm, I'm sort of even hearing the passion in both of your voices. It is a bit overwhelming to be reminded of the awesomeness of the responsibility that we have for our babies. And I, I'm just uh-huh. in this moment sort of experiencing just an overwhelming amount of gratitude for the love that you can see. The, I'm so glad you said that, Shaletta, because I was looking at the illustrations. I'm like, these are beautiful reflections and images of a beautiful little girl and her 
beautiful family and what they were navigating. And it feels like a children's story in the tradition of children's stories. It's not one of those. And then we picked the cotton and then we ran from the mess. And then we, right. like, it's not <laughs> that's the thing that Dorothy and I have been working on and working together on is making sure we tell the stories of children happening today. Not historical Martin Luther King stories, not historical Rosa Parks stories, but let's tell the story of little Cameron Brundage, my daughter, who mm. went to school mm. for the first time without being able to talk and still learned. And now, four years later, has tested off the autism spectrum. Let's wow. tell the story about my son, Brandon, Amazing. who saw Let's Go Brandon flag and got encouraged and <gasps> now no longer stutters because he thought everybody with a Let's Go Brandon flag was ruining <laughs> him. Let's tell the story what? of little Judea Reynolds, who saw the yeah. murder of George Floyd, but now wants to help other children cope with trauma as she deals with the trauma herself. And Darcy, let me tell you something, Darcy is so intentional about making sure she gets our skin color right, about making sure she puts positive images of African-Americans in these books. On every one of my books, Darcy has put my entire family on the cover because she wants to make sure that people see that my children have a mother and they have a father and we are a unit. She was very intentional in Judea's book about putting Judea's mother and her father. She's got a mother and a father. They are still married. She has six siblings. You know, Darcy is very intentional about letting America see that the black family is still intact. We are thriving. We look good. We are learned. We are educated. We are doing amazing things. And she is able to show that in illustrations in a children's book. That is a skill and a blessing. Mm. Let's talk it, about it's the all power there. of illustrations. Uh, yeah. go, go ahead, Darcy. It's and, all there. Uh, yeah, go right ahead. Oh, I was going to say it's, it's just shining the spotlight in the right place. You know, when Judea walked to the store, she wore a shirt that said love on it. So when I was drawing a picture of Judea for the cover, I didn't have to figure out, well, was she going to wear some cute little cartoony outfit? No, she's wearing the the shirt that she actually wore that day that says love with rainbow colors. Mm. And it's just, it it broke my heart to think of this little girl with, with so much love, so much hope for the future, positivity, and then having this blow it's like like a physical blow that she went through seeing this traumatic event Mm. and um i just what i want to do is focus on that love and that's why that's the biggest part on that um, on that front picture that's that's the biggest part most important part of the whole book shaletta said it that word and and she's absolutely right let's Mm -hmm. talk about the power of images Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we come from, we, we all, we all know about hieroglyphs and we all sort of get excited about, you know, Egyptian hieroglyphs on the pyramids and they're, they're great. They're beautiful. Amazing. But I like to remind people that Egyptians were not the only Africans that had written symbol systems that were not necessarily letters like we write in a sentence, but they were images, glyphs, if you will. And this is again, not just in Egypt. We've got the Adinkra symbol system on West Africa. We've got a whole host of systems uh, all throughout the continent where images, you know, we say, images a picture's worth a thousand words and i think that is really just a modern day interpretation of the power of what our ancestors were able to do with illustration Uh, darcy when we're talking about an image there are some things i cannot describe 
There are, and I'm a very wordsy person. Okay, I'm very loquacious, <laughs> as my teacher used to say. Got a lot of words, all the words. But there are some things that even the most eloquent, literal description of cannot convey as beautifully or as powerfully as a well-crafted illustration. When it comes to our yeah. children, they get such little access to imagery that reflects the beauty of who they are. How did you one mm. become an illustrator? Because I know that that is a, a lot of our kids doodle, they draw, but they don't necessarily have mm-hmm. a career path in mind mm-hmm. how did you become an illustrator and how did you carry into illustration that love that both of you talked about earlier in such a way that it, it jumps off the page what were the the skills that you adapted the the pathways you took because i know that a lot of folks listen with their children in the car how did illustration oh, yeah. unfold in this way as a tool uh in the way that it did well i always loved to draw ever since i was a little kid and uh you know, I'm sure lots of you, you have, maybe have children. Uh, uh, Shaletta's children love to draw. That was the first thing I did when I met them was sit down and we drew together. My little daughter, who is also on the autism spectrum, sat and drew with them. And even though those kids didn't use words, they could communicate with their drawings. Mm. And uh, I was really fortunate that I was able to study art. I went to art school and um, not a lot of people have that opportunity. And and now with the cost of college going up and art school too, you know, it's, it's really sad that people, a lot of people can't as, as much. So, but I say, hey, even if you can't go to art school, draw. Draw what you know and draw with your heart first. That's mm-hmm. what I always do. If you can't make, you know, uh, if you can't make something that's realistic, you know, in a picture-perfect way, literal way, draw it the way you see it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's my first thought. Um, my other thought is that I do use a lot of symbols uh, with, with my work. And uh, even in this book, uh, sometimes it's on a subconscious level. Um, the very first page, it, this book is dedicated to George Floyd, to his memory. Mm-hmm. And I just had this thought of a balloon just floating up into the sky. And uh, it's amazing because Shaletta had a big celebration. We had a birthday celebration. And the kids released a balloon in honor of George Floyd. Mm. And it, I looked at it and I'm like, that's just like my book. <laughs> Seeing it, it was like my wow. picture, the picture of my mm-hmm. book coming to life. Because yeah. that, and that's what happens when you lead with love. Mm. Right. Yeah. yeah. When, when you lead with love, the Lord um, is there. You know, the Lord is absolutely. there. And so, you know, when Darcy illustrated this book and she had that rare balloon, um, you know, that one single balloon uh, in honor of George Floyd, um, I thought, okay, you know, it, it's not just about releasing the balloon, but it's about strategy. It's about how are we going to tell the world about this book. And so I said, we are going to celebrate George Floyd's 49th birthday. Um, we are going to go to an elementary school in North Minneapolis, which is a predominantly African-American community here in the Twin Cities, just a few miles away from where Mr. Floyd died. And we are going to read this book. Mm-hmm. Judea is going to read her book mm-hmm. to these children. And then afterwards, we are going to uh, sing happy birthday to Mr. Floyd, and we are going to have Judea release a single balloon in his honor. Um, and, and we did that, and those kids saw that, and, and my children were there, and um, a lot of our city leaders were there. And the one thing that we were talking about um, and, and kids is that I teach my children, you can get paid from your ideas. You know, mm. you can get paid and you can make a living based on thoughts that come into your head or concepts or creations. And, and so the one thing, and you're talking about these kids, is that I need them to see and know this is Judea's book. 
My children have books. You can have your own book. You can be paid based on your drawings or your illustration. You don't have to necessarily go and clock in somewhere. You can make a living and be rich on your ideas alone. And that is something Mm. that I am teaching my children, that I am teaching Judea as well. Um, And and I want them to live like that. You don't have to wait for somebody to determine your worth. You can tell people how much you are worth. You can have your own business. You can do your own thing. You can be your own boss lady or boss man Mm. based on the Mm. ideas that God gives you every day when you wake up. Mm. Shaletta helps her children find their own voice. And she helped Judea. Uh, seeing Judea up on that platform read the story, she was so proud. And I think that's probably the first time that she's ever had a big audience like that, just looking at her. She told her story, and there was such, I don't know, such happiness within her. And mm. it was really great to see. I think that was also part of her recovery from trauma, telling her story, mm. being heard. Mm. And, know- and feeling like, you know, yeah, she had some control over yeah. her life. Yeah. It's clear to me that the two of you have a very powerful chemistry. Uh, I, I hear it. I'm, and for y'all in the audience, we're not actually doing this on Zoom and I hate it because I would have loved for this to be on the YouTube page. I, <laughs> but it might be good because y'all would also see me dabbing at my eyes and I think I have running mascara at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but you two have a very good chemistry. And if you could, I, I want to take just a moment to carve out of this conversation to talk about the importance of black people who love black people working together to produce something that's going to help make black people better off. How do you mean, because it sounds like if I, if I heard you correctly, there are several projects that you have worked on together, collaborated Mm. on together, successfully introduced to the world. What is the secret sauce that allows you both to maintain the, the love that you have individually for our people, bring it, together, fuse it into a project that is designed to benefit us all and make us all better off. How, what is the magic that you're tapping into there? I'll let you go, Darcy. I'll let you start off. Oh, oh gosh. Um, you know what? I wish I could, I wish I could put it into words and bottle it. <laughs> um, I feel blessed. I feel like it's, it was a miraculous thing that happened when she did, when uh, Shaletta just walked in the door of the publisher and she said, I want to do a book. My daughter came home from school. There are no books in her school that, with characters that look like her. I want to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been working at the publisher for a while. And uh, Lily Coyle, who's the owner of the publishing company, she called me up and she said, hey, we have this project. You know, are you interested? It might not pay very much. Or, and I'm like, yeah, I did, uh, sign me up. Sure, I'll find out more. Mm-hmm. And the more I learned about it, the more I loved it. And before we even started doing anything, I met with Shaletta and her wonderful kids, and I brought my daughter. And it was just like they were cousins. You know, <laughs> my daughter has a difficult time in social situations. She gets very anxious. She was just so at home with Shaletta's kids. Mm. And I think it was just a natural thing. I don't think I, I can't put it into words. What do you think, Shaletta? I mean, it's and let me to tell say. you something. You could, we got to keep coming back to love. You got to lead with love. You have to have a pure heart. Um, And God will send you the people in your life that you need to get your assignment done. I was on assignment Mm -hmm. from God to create these books. And God knew that Mm -hmm. I needed to create my daughter Cameron's book so that Judea can get it. We created Cameron's book in Mm -hmm. 2020 during a pandemic. 
Everybody told us, push the book back. Don't publish the book. Wait, because we got this little virus thing coming out, and, you know, it may be gone by the summer, so nobody else is publishing a book. You shouldn't do it right now. Well, guess what? Darcy and I kept going. And Darcy came to my house, and I love to tell this story because it's so hilarious. When she came over here, my son, Andrew, was on punishment because he was talking back, and we don't play talking back. So I had taken his TV, (laughs) and so there was a cable cord that was just in his room hanging. Well, when Darcy illustrated my daughter Cameron's book, this cable cord was just hanging. She didn't even know why. I never (laughs) told her, but that is how detailed she is. And so when I saw the book, I busted out laughing, and she was Mm. like, what's funny? I said, you don't even know this cord was supposed to be hooked to a TV that was in my room because my son was on punishment, but she had just she she had just gone into the closets and she went into the rooms and she spent time with my kids and my son Brandon when he used to stutter would put his hand over his mouth so he could catch the words before they would come out because he thought if he caught the words that 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 he wouldn't stutter and so when she illustrated Brandon she illustrated him with his hand over his mouth nobody told her that but you have to care and and you know i just praise god that we put cameron's book out because had we not put cameron's book out in april of 2020 for autism awareness month when george floyd died in a few Mm. months after that judea would have never got that book she would have never known that she could tell her story she would have never went to her mama and asked her mama to find me They would have never come to me and asked them to help them write a book. I would have never gone to Darcy and asked her to come and illustrate it. And a walk to the store would have never happened. Not just this book, but our lives are about movement. When God says to move, you don't need to wait for confirmation from two or three Mm. people to go to your past and ask him if he heard a word from the Lord. You got to get up and get to moving. And God knew that Judea needed to see Cameron's book, and that's why Cameron's book came out, so Judea could find her voice. She would have never known that it was possible for her to tell her story if she had not seen a little brown-skinned, curly-haired girl who looked like her on the cover of a book. Mm. You know, that story about Brandon that you just told, and I, I got to talk because if I don't, I'm going to start sniffling, and then it's gonna, the audience going to hear sniffles in the radio, and that's not good for radio. So I'm going to keep talking and wipe my face and just get it together. Uh, but I remember hearing about a little boy named Brandon weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks ago uh, on social media, maybe even months ago on social media. I remember hearing about a little boy named Brandon who thought that the Let's Go Brandon signs, which you guys may recall, Let's Go Brandon was a a phrase that a news reporter was saying that the audience at a NASCAR race was saying they were shouting out, let's go, Brandon. But it wasn't Mm. let's go, Brandon. It was F Joe Biden. But the newscaster said, you know, they're saying let's go, Brandon. And so that let's go, Brandon phrase became sort of a meme that was very prevalent within right wing circles. You know, folks who were anti Biden and as a pejorative, as a way of saying F Joe Biden without saying it. And I remember hearing about a little boy named Brandon who thought all the signs were for them I had no idea mm. that that was your that 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 experience was something your Brandon had I, and it just shows you how sometimes what the devil means for evil Hello. the Lord <laughs> and let me tell you what Darcy wow. Belmaya did uh, let me just let me just go ahead and sing her praises because I believe in giving folks they flowers while they still alive I'm not gonna mm. say this at her funeral I'm gonna say this to her oh. face um I, it was it was March of 2022 
Mm-hmm. And um, I was in Houston, and, you know, the, the Let's Go Brandon flags were everywhere in Texas. And my son, who has severe autism and is afraid to do anything, suddenly got brave. And I was like, boy, what is wrong with you? Why are you all of a sudden jumping in pools and taking your training wheels off your bike? And he said, Mom, everybody loves me here. I said, don't nobody know you here, son. We are on vacation. He said, Mama, these people got my size everywhere. Have you spotted my size? He thought people were cheering for him and got strengthened. This boy stopped stuttering. He's my no God. longer in therapy. Has tested off the autism spectrum. I called Darcy, Darcy Belmeyer and I said, Darcy, I got a book. We got to get it out for Autism Awareness Month. She said, Shaletta, it takes six to nine months to do a book. I said, we got to do this in four weeks. We have four weeks. She said, well, that's not how it works. I said, but that's not how God works. God works when everything looks impossible. And so Darcy dropped everything, including her kids, and cranked this book out with me. And we produced a book in four weeks. I saw that sign. My son saw that sign the first week of March. Brandon Spots, his sign was available for sale on April 1st, 2022, in honor of Autism Awareness Month. That's God. That's how God works. Oh, my Lord. I feel like I can fly into space just off the strength of that alone. (laughs) And and Shaletta hasn't even told you some of the greatest punchlines of this story. Joe Biden himself saw the book, and he wrote a letter to Brandon, sending him encouragement. And uh, the the guy, Brandon, who drove the race car, he has been feeling bad, apparently, I don't know, about what's happening. He reached out to Brandon. Brandon got to go to NASCAR. He got his own oh, wow. And, yeah, everything ended up just being so great for Brandon because of this. And mm. the message, again, was he got to tell his story. He got to find that his, his words meant something. His experience meant something. And something that was ugly became beautiful. And that seems to be the story behind this book. My producer just reminded me, we literally are at the end of the show. And I, we I got more questions, but we the, the man going to cut us off. I got so wrapped up in the conversation and feeling like I could conquer every mountain. How can people get their hands on the book? At, where can they go to follow both of you and, and continue connecting with the awesomeness that you're putting out into the world? Well, uh, both the books are available on Amazon. You can look up uh, Shaletta uh, or me, Shaletta Brundage, B-R-U-N-D-I-D-G-E. Um, she has her own website, Shaletta Laughs. Uh, yeah, ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. Or you can go to BellMyers.com, B-E-L-L-M-Y-E-R-S.com, and you can see some of my work there. We will tweet those links out so folks can just continue to get some of the goodness. I mean, I'm looking at the social media spaces. You are loved. (laughs) People are responding in ways. I'm not the only one with some eye water and the sniffles that we got to hide from the microphone. Uh, So I am so grateful for both of you, the work that you're doing, the love that you are led by, and for reminding all of us of just how powerful we all really, really are. Thank you so much for being Mm. with us today. It's been a real pleasure having you both here. Oh, oh thank you so much. Blessing.